Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me I have Dan. Hey, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I spoke last week a little bit about uh, some pretty daunting fixtures that we had, uh, both last weekend and then also during the week. Uh, play, playing the top two sides in the division doesn't get much tougher than that. Um, walked away pretty well unscathed. Uh, a disappointing result against Leeds, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But we'll start with the game against Borough. And I guess um, going into that game, you know, they're, they're kind of a set-piece specialist. They're a very strong physical side, as most Tony Pulis sides are. We, a side that seem to always concede from set pieces at you know, any corner, we, we pretty much look like we're going to concede a goal. To walk away with a 1-1 draw was a, a pretty good result. Uh, yeah. It, um, lo- looking at the fixtures going into it, um, especially back on the back of the form that we were showing, it was, um, it was pretty concerning um, with um, Middlesbrough and then Leeds. And then even next we got... Um, Blades next, and they're third in the league at the moment, so it doesn't get a lot a lot better ne- um, in next next week this weekend. But um, no, I think uh, I mean I wouldn't have been surprised to take no points. So to get at least a point, um, and to and the performances like Leeds was Leeds is basically just about scoring two goals every game. So keeping just to the one. Um, it was pretty good. Um, I think they were a bit unlucky. They probably could have had a few, but um, overall, uh, I think that it's just frustrating to see that, like again, we played so well against those two teams, and then the couple of weeks before, we played so poor against teams at the at the bottom end of the division. Yeah, definitely that three 0 loss to Reading in particular. Um, I guess the interesting or the talking point out of the Borough game, apart from the fact that we managed to score a goal. When uh, Bowen stepped up to take the penalty, it looked like there was a bit of a debate between him and Grzycki, and it seems as if there was a bit of an argument between the two about who was going to take the penalty, despite the fact that Bowen's our designated penalty taker, it seems. Um, what do you make of that? Do you sort of see it as, you know, it's just good desire from Grzycki that he's going to want to sort of prove himself and, and score a goal, or, or is it more of a, you know, selfishness and, and look at me sort of attitude from him? Um, yeah, I mean, with, with Grisicki, I mean, it's, it would, it, it's easy to see that it could well be just a selfish, um, a selfish attitude thing that he's just going to try and, you know, put himself, he's, he's only played two games. He's going to get himself in there. He's going to get on the score sheet and, and resurrect the game for the, for the, for Hull and all that sort of thing. But I think um, based on the reports, like I haven't actually been able to watch any of the games that he's played, unfortunately, so far. But based on the reports, he's actually been um, putting in a fair fair bit of a shift when he's been on the park. So it, perhaps it is just um, he's just a bit more driven to uh, to assist the team now. I mean, this this there's almost always more than one person who wants to take a penalty. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and so then, as you as you sort of touched on before, we also had the result against Leeds, which, I mean, if you listen to what Adkins said, they're basically the best side in the country at the moment. And, you know, it's this incredible, incredible team display from them that he was... He enjoyed the tactical battle. 
uh, and all that sort of thing, uh, which does get a bit grating after a while, that he just sort of always seems to be um, so effusive in his praise of, of the opposition or uh, looking for all of these positive sort of amazing, incredible experiences to get out of the game. Um, it wasn't a great game to watch. There was only two shots on target for the entire game. I don't think we were one of them. Uh, and then, you know, as you say, Grzycki's kind of looked pretty lively for us and, and pretty damaging or attacking and dangerous. Uh, and much like with Bowen against Reading, um, Atkins saw fit to take him off. So there's a few sort of interesting trends starting to develop now with the way that Atkins is managing the side, whether he's uh, managing them um, and, and the sort of changes that he's making during the game to get us back into the game doesn't really seem to be making a whole lot of sense. Uh, yeah, it, it does seem strange um, that a few that's now like successive games, essentially, like it's two or three games in a row now where the players that seem to really be starting to have the impact and start um, worrying the opposition or being able to take the game potentially by the scruff of the neck a little bit that Adkins is... Um, seeing fit to then replace them. And I don't think, like, it's, I don't see anything as um, severe or um, s- sinister as, like, a, a sabotage or anything like that. But it just is, it is, it is some, he's make, made some strange calls um, late, lately. Yeah. And look, I mean, one of these days he might make one of those substitutions and, and the sub will come on and score the winner and he'll look a genius. But uh, we look forward to that day. Um the other big talking point out of this one was Irvine with his Achilles injury, and we're hoping that's not too serious, obviously on multiple fronts, that uh, he can get up for the um, upcoming Socceroos Internationals. Um, but it meant that uh, Stewart came on as his replacement, and, and Stewart is just... Look, I mean, this preseason was his big chance to put his head down and really sort of um, prove the doubters wrong and really sort of step up at the club, but... He just seems to be shrinking more and more into himself and, and looking more and more calamitous each game. Um, it just seems like it's a it's a matter of time before he'll get released and head off to a, a lower league club. But it's just, I just I, I don't see I don't know what we saw in him. I don't know how we sort of saw fit to basically swap Andrew Robertson for him. Um, and I, I do think, as I say that, I do think there is that sort of unfair expectation and resentment towards him because of his part in that deal, in, in a similar sort of way, um, if if Klukas had done had, had taken off at Swansea and Kingsley being Kingsley uh, would have sort of had that same sort of um, uh, anger towards him because of that sort of spl- part he played in that swap deal. Um, but I do think that Stewart just does it just does not give do himself any favours. He just does not look any sort of quality player. Um, that we, we could expect to see in the side on a regular basis. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with you sadly on that. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Stewart play a good game of football. <laughs> That's as simple <laughs> as I can put it. I, I, I saw him, I think the first time he came on this season, and he was on the park for 20 minutes, and I think he touched the ball about four times and he passed it to the other team like three <laughs> <laughs> it was it was not a good introduction and um this that's just only this season and he just he just he really does 
look lost when he's on the park, and it really surprised me because I mean, like he did come from Liverpool, even yeah. if like and like they generally have a pretty strong academy and pretty and you know they wouldn't the captain, have. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and they wouldn't. I don't think they would have held on to him if there wasn't something there, but. For whatever reason, he doesn't show much at all for um, for City, which is which is a shame because um, if he if he if he was able to play to what surely somewhere somewhere along the line someone has seen some potential in him, um, but it's just we we don't get to see it. Uh, yeah, so that's a bit of a shame. Um, we'll talk about the Sheffield United game in a second, but I did first want to discuss... Uh, we, we've had it a couple of times now, these rumours sort of circulating and, and mounting about a possible takeover, and it's been years and years and years of uh, waiting for that 24 hours that Dr. Alam <laughs> claimed it would take him to sell the club after the name change was turned down. Uh, we're waiting for them to give it away for free, as they claimed. Uh, sounds like it'll cost $46 million instead, uh, £45,999,000 more than they said it would cost. Um, few rumours that have come out solidifying to more than rumours, with the uh, Hull Daily Mail, amongst a few other media outlets, confirming that Paul Duffin is back in the ring as a potential... Uh, front of a consortium led by some mysterious Saudi prince uh, who were pretty advanced in negotiations with the club. It looks like uh, auditors were at the ground last week doing due diligence. Um, debts have been settled with third parties, which means that basically to buy the club, they just have to deal with the alums. Um, it's all sort of moving towards a potential sale. I know Duffin's apparently said to close friends that he's confident it'll go through soon, but... You know, there's there's talk and then there's action, and we'll, we'll wait and see if anything does get across the line. Of course, we've been here a couple of times before. We got as close as I suspect. Uh, terms had been agreed, went to the Premier League for fit and proper checks, and fell over. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I think the EFL has fit and proper checks, but I suspect they're not as stringent. So, if um, if we get to that point, uh, it might become more of a formality. But what's your take on it? What how, Do you see it as... I know Mitch, um, when I spoke to him about it the other day, was sort of saying, look, we've been here so many times, there's no point getting the hopes up until it actually goes through. Um, what, what's your take on it? Do you see it as a realistic possibility or are you still very much quite sceptical? Um, I think I'm a, I'm a little bit of both. I am... I, I do, like, understand um, where Mitch is coming from to say that, you know... We, you know, we have been here. Um, we had the the Chinese consortium um, was the year before last, I think. Um, yeah. Yep. Now, now but, at uh, now at Reading. Yeah. Um, so we had we've had it here and there before, and it, I can understand why um, we should be skeptical. Um, but I mean, if there's got to be some truth to it if it's getting um reported so so widely so i mean i'm i'm happy to to wait and see um i'm happy to wait with bated breath to be honest um and you know if something materializes then i'll be uh 
I'll be the the first to wave the Allens goodbye. What, what what do you think the reaction will be if, when the sale finally goes through? I mean, there's been talk that would you almost expect that the following home game that you'd almost get a sellout at the KCOM to show just how happy supporters are that the Allens are gone, or do you think it would be much more of a gradual rehabilitation where fans might gradually start coming back when they can actually get some trust back in the in the ownership and in the club? Um, I think like initially there may well be like parties in the streets of Yorkshire, but um, <laughs> I think uh, I I don't know if everyone um and I I have no like stake. I don't really know um the what the area is like or really because I've never been um there, but I I can't. I just don't feel like maybe like for the first couple of games there'll be a big uplift, but I think it will peter off and then it will become a matter of that the new owners are going to have to start begin to prove themselves um, to sustain that anyway. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. It sounds it, it sounds as if it's quite close, but these things can always take a lot longer than people want them to. I, I don't even know if uh, if Wigan's transfer has. Uh, or takeover has gone through, and they've been in talks for months and months, and you know that was meant to go through before the uh, summer transfer window, and that's still going on. So it, I think you know people can get quite impatient, but business transactions always, especially of this magnitude, will always take quite some time. So hopefully it sticks to that deadline or, or timeline of being done before Christmas, and we can see some movement in the transfer market potentially. But I guess we'll just wait and see. Um, we were talking before about uh, Kevin Stewart and him having not played a good game for City. And the one positive I can remember so far in his City career, as short as it potentially may be, was him scoring the winning penalty this season against Sheffield United in the League Cup. Um, and we play Sheffield United this weekend in our second meeting of the season. Um, and as you touched on before, they are coming third in the league at the moment. I think they've got five or six wins in their last half a dozen or eight games. Um one of the form teams in, in England, really. Um, Billy Sharp just firing them in from, from everywhere at the moment. Um, it'll be another really tough game. Obviously, Adkins has the connection with uh, Sheffield United, having managed them, managed them briefly in the third division. Um, and, it, yeah, it's another tough game. Um, I think if we had been battered by Leeds and Barrett, this would be a very different fixture. I think there'd be a whole lot more pressure to get something out of it. I think... As much as they can be, this is sort of a free hit to the extent that we already have a point on the board against Borough. If we looked at this as a three-game stretch and said, look, if we can get anything out of that, it's a positive. We've already got something out of it. So anything we can get against Sheffield United is sort of a bonus on top of that. Um, how do you see it? Um, yeah, I, I, I sort of agree. I think... I'm just, uh, I'm getting worried. I am honestly already like starting to get worried though. We've been so inconsistent and we just, I don't think we've collected enough points so far. No. Um, it's, I think well, we're only one point above the drop zone at the moment. Um, and the gaps, the gaps that I've spoken about before, they're starting to appear between the different like groupings. So there's us and then it's another three points. There's a couple of teams there and then a, a couple of points above them and you start, Starts getting hard to climb up, um, but look, I, I could, uh, I the minimum um, that I could 
happily accept. I'd take a draw. I'd I would be I'd be disappointed in a loss and I'd be pleasantly surprised in a win. But I think a draw, if we can play as as we have been the last couple of games against the against Borough and Leeds, then I think that would be a fair result. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think if we can sort of lift our game to that level that we've shown the last few games and and really sort of um, really sort of push on, then potentially we can get a draw out of this one. Um, it is the last game before the international break, so that that's almost a motivation in a way that the players can sort of make that one last push get a result, uh, and then they, well, for most of the players, they get that week off, get a bit of rest, uh, and come back focused. We've got a big game against Preston after the international break. Preston were last in the division, um, almost got, sort of jumped off the bottom um, with uh, with their game last uh, last week. So it's a big one against them as well. As you say, there's a, a, there's a lot riding on um, getting any points at this stage because of those gaps starting to form on the table. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. I, I, I think Sheffield United will be too good for us. I'm worried more about protecting goal difference, to be honest. Um, I think they're the sort of side that could really blow us away if they get going. I think it was them that beat us 4-0 last season um, in a pretty dispiriting game. Um, so, yeah... Any sort of positive result out of this would be great going into the international break with our heads up. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see. I, I think it will be a defeat, but uh, but yes, fingers crossed we can get a good result out of it. Um, but thank you for coming on, Dan. Not a problem. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, until next time, we'll probably have an episode over the international break covering this Sheffield United game. But until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back because you're out.